Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to episode three of the Grit and Barrett podcast. My name is Richard Blosser, welcoming you to this Hershey Bears podcast, a show for Bears fans made by a super fan. This hack with a microphone. Hello and welcome everyone to this show. Big, big show lined up for you today as I have my first big guest that's going to join me here today, Patrick Williams, the AHL beat writer. For NHL.com is going to be on the, the show this week. I know. How the hell I pull that off? I have absolutely no idea how I did, but I'm um, very excited to have Patrick on. We'll bring him on here in a little bit. It is October 24th. We are still in the hellscape known as 2020 and all that. So hope everyone is doing all right out there. Thank you to everyone who listened to episode two. I want to apologize that the last third of the episode, the audio was really low. I think my camera microphone was the one picking up the audio and not this Yeti microphone that I usually use. So um, I apologize if it sounded re- sounded really, really bad. But, but um, it's a continuing work, work in progress here, and I'm going to get this ta- taken care of. So, um, we're going to start this week with a bit of news, a real downer earlier this week. News that dropped literally as I uploaded episode two. And this really, really hurt, at least me. Mike Doc Emmerich has hung up the headphones and turned off the microphone for the last time. Doc has stepped down as lead play-by-play guy for the NHL and NBC. He is done. 50 years in the industry that started at the old Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, known as the Igloo, and he is done. Wow. Gosh, that hurts. Because Doc is a voice of generation of fans post-lockout. He was the guy that NBC brought in after the whole lockdown fallout in 04 and 05. I mean, he called such great Stanley Cup finals as Carolina and Edmonton and Anaheim and Ottawa. Sorry, quack report and sends hour. But, um, yeah. 
he did see the rise of another generation of AHL players. Ovechkin, Crosby, Taze, Kane, Stamkos, Holtby, Vasilevsky, Kopitar, Dowdy, the King, Henrik Lundqvist himself, and many, many, many more. I can already hear people running to their uh, keyboards as I'm doing this. What about dot dot dot? You, you get my point. There are three games that Doc called that got me back into this violent circus known as hockey. It was the 09 Winter Classic, the first, out in Buffalo. And I remember watching that game after I read a blog post by Scott Burnside via ESPN.com stating, if breakfast is... Damn it, I messed that up. Sorry. Mind ahead of mouth. If beer is the breakfast of champions... There is a lot of champions in this stadium right now. Ain't it the truth? A beautiful snow globe hockey game that Doc called. It was an amazing spectacle. I loved watching it. Yes, Pittsburgh won. I didn't care. It was great. It was a great visual. The second game was Pittsburgh-Detroit Game 7. And that save by Flurry. That team is what got me in. It's what kicked off my fandom of hockey. Now, yes, the Hershey Bears drove it into the end zone and became my team that I followed, my local team. Because the Bears is the only local team I've got. I'm not driving 90 minutes to to a Flyers game. I'm a Yinzer at heart for all of you who uh, who know me. And I'm not driving three hours all the way out to Pittsburgh just to watch a game at PPG or whatever it's called now. So the Bears is all I've got. A half an hour drive to Hershey, full season ticket holder. Yeah. And Doc has connections to Hershey. But the third game that Doc called that really got me in, the 2010 gold medal game at Vancouver, USA versus Canada. One of the best hockey games I ever watched. Yes, USA lost. But that wasn't the point. It was an amazing game, and that's what really grasped me. That's where my love of international hockey comes from. So, after that, I started watching hockey a lot more. I always enjoyed when Doc came on at the beginning of the season. Sure, he wouldn't call a game until around Thanksgiving, Yeah, he called games less and less over the past few years, but the man's old. I mean, time's undefeated. And yeah, his schedule wouldn't be as heavy during the first two months of the season. Sure, there are people who complain that he never went farther west than Chicago unless it was a Stanley Cup Finals. And I'll argue that's an NBC call. That's not up to Doc. I mean, Doc would gladly go call a hockey game wherever he'd go. If it was Vancouver on a Wednesday night, fine. If it was to Minnesota on a Tuesday, so be it. But that's where NBC sent him. That wasn't up to him. Playoffs were a chance when Doc shined the brightest. Sure, they'd always send him either to Boston or Toronto. And whenever Washington and Pittsburgh played, I knew Uncle Doc was going to go to that series. That's the money matchup. They sent Doc to their biggest ratings grabber. And for some odd year, they sent him to Blues Blackhawks one year. 
but that turned out to be a great series. And when the Stanley Cup Finals rolled around, typically around Memorial Day, it was like going to Meemaw and Peepaw's house for two weeks. And I'd sit on the couch and I'd watch the games with Uncle Doc, as I'd call him. Because he wasn't an announcer. The way that he called a game was like you were watching a game with a relative. Your grandfather, an uncle, a guy who's been around. He'd tell you the same story about staying in the Boston Garden till midnight in a triple overtime game against the New York Islanders. And you'd never get tired of hearing it. He'd still get excited about a game, calling it from his old recliner, and you wouldn't care. He'd show you around the house and all the old photos and regale you of the story about how him and Grandma met at a hockey game and fell in love, and that was one of the reasons he married her. You didn't care. You still had fun. And when it was all over, after about two weeks, you were a little sad to go away from Papa, but you knew that you'd see him again in October. But this time, it wouldn't be the case. Doc did a great five-minute video essay highlighting his career and how he thought about the game of hockey. And I still get choked up a little bit watching it and a little bit of chills as well. He held the handshake line sacred. Almost in a way, Christians take the Bible sacred. How universities take history sacred. Well, not anymore. But anyway, you get my point. He saw handshakes as the essence of hockey. That after a series, whether it's a first round, second round, qualifying round, or for the finals themselves, it was all put aside for a handshake, a slap on the back, or a bro hug. International teammates congratulating each other, childhood friends, mutual respect among goalies. It was so great. He'd, he'd call that like a minister giving a sermon. And he was actually an ordained deacon. I didn't know that. I got to meet the man in Hershey. Doc does have ties to Hershey. Allegedly, he emceed, he emceed the final game at Hershey Park Arena. I've heard conflicting reports he did and didn't. He emceed the 2001 All-Star Game at Wilkes-Barre at First Union Center, back when the place actually had people in it. And he emceed two Hall of Fame nights with Hershey. And hopefully he comes back to call some more. Second time he did it, I made sure I wasn't going to miss my chance to meet him. And I did. I stood in line because I've been to enough conventions to know you got to get to lines early. If it's somebody you really want to see, I sacrificed half a period of hockey to do it. And it was worth it to meet him. To meet someone that inspires you as a hockey fan. And maybe to other people, it's Mike Lang or John Walton or Rick Jarrett or Dave Mishkin. Or Joe Beninati for those in D.C. But to me, that's what Doc meant to me. He was someone who enjoyed hockey as much as I did. And the man took time to, in, to, what, to listen to what I had to say. Who gave focus and made eye contact. And for any one of you that's done speech classes or improv theater, that is so important because it lets the person you're talking to know, yes, I'm interested in what you have to say. And Doc did that. He was a humble man. And maybe that's why he didn't want a season-long going-away party 
even though I, I think he should have. He should have gotten a Derek Jeter tour. But he didn't want that. He's done. So to steal a line from Pirates 2, from Pirates of the Caribbean 2, when they're all lamenting over Jack Sparrow's death and being defeated by Davy Jones... broadcast team at NBC is done and so is its captain aye and already the hockey world seems a little less bright time caught up with him and again the hockey world seems a little less bright but for all you other hockey podcasters listening I guess we'll just have to shine a little bit brighter in his absence happy retirement Uncle Doc You deserve it. All right, we're going to shift things over to Patrick Williams. He joins me, and we are going to talk about the NHL, the AHL, and, well, what what else around the uh, the hockey world. Will we have an AHL season? Well, we're going to find out right after. Before we get started, make sure you check out the Around the A podcast. Around the A. Not A, as they say in Canada, but capital A as an albatross. Patrick Williams hosts this podcast where he goes around the hockey world, bringing in guests talking minor league hockey and some major league hockey as well. Make sure you subscribe for whenever his new episode drops and give a like and a subscribe to his podcast, the Around the A podcast. That's Around the A, as in capital A, podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. That's Around the A podcast. Hello everyone, it's me. Uh, Before we get started talking to Patrick Williams, I just want to warn everyone that the audio quality for this interview is not the best. If you are listening to this via cell phone or by headphones, I urge you to turn your volume up. As I was using my computer speakers to record this via a Zoom meeting. I am getting used to recording off of Zoom. I have not quite mastered how to record that through my computer onto my audio mixing device. If there are any podcasters out there listening to this, please send me a DM through Twitter on how to make this better. Um, Patrick's audio is a little low. I tried amplifying the audio to make it sound better, but yes, it does sound like it is speaking into an open space. I'm trying to record him through my microphone, through my... um, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF computer speakers which are not the best my apologies to everyone 
that the audio is not the best, but I believe the interview comes through. Anyway, take a listen, enjoy, and turn the sound up just a bit. Thank you. And we are back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast. Joining me now is the first biggest guest I've been able to get to get on here. Um, he is, if I get this correct, uh, writes with NHL.com. Um, he is, he uh, has his own podcast, Around the A podcast. Um, joining me, Patrick Williams. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on, man. Good to have you on. All right, so um, I know I've got a good amount of Bears fans that uh, that that listen to this. So um, the big obvious question is going to be from them: is um, with the GM meetings on Friday, was there any progress that was made? Anything? Maybe Vikings not the right word, but you're dealing with two outside uh, entities that you have no control over. One is biology, which is virus, coronavirus, and. That is something that nobody's gotten on so far. The second thing is government. Now, government uh, in two countries, uh, including an international border, which is a massive issue, and then you have governments uh, at the state and provincial level and the local level. So that is a lot of red tape and a lot of uh, bureaucracy that the hockey world has to try to navigate, and that is not easy. And that's even more difficult when you have this virus hanging over you. No, which is which is understood. It's it's an invisible enemy that we can't really deal with. Plus, um, you know, every year we deal with the locker room flu that happens, and it seems like this is that, but just um, amped up. To kind of use a hockey term, if the regular virus would be like Claude Giroux with the Flyers. This is this virus would be a bit more like Chris Pronger, like somebody you just don't want to deal with. Or yeah, no, and, and, and by all indications, yeah, it's you know there are a lot of cases where you know, it seems like people get it, they get to it pretty uh, pretty well, but it does seem like it's one of those things where if it does get a hold of you, you know, in a bad way, it's it's bad, and you ask yourself, well, you're It's 
everybody at this point is all ears. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we, as fans, we're looking for anything, a gleam of hope, just some sort of answer. And okay. as we, as we were talking about before all this was that, you know, people, you know, look to you and you looked at some others in your position that are higher up than you. And okay. they, they're even coming to you asking, Hey man, you know anything? Anything? Have you heard anything? And you're, and you you're like, no, you usually, I usually yeah, go to you. Like, well, no, you, I was going to ask you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just a little like, kind of like, you know, we go in a circle, you know, and like, like well, have you heard from someone else? I'm like, no, nobody, nobody knows anything. And like, there's a lot of information out there, but it's just how much of this information is reliable. Right. tightrope to walk to where you got to try and figure all this out as supposedly in normal years we're done in June a little bit in July and then we go away for August and come back in September it's it's really different because right now I should be I should be at a Bears game you should be covering you know um, the you know whatever you're assigned to yeah and we're just you know, sitting here with just waiting for any type of information. Now, I know this past week, um, the general manager, I believe, for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, 
uh, let a few things slip um, when he was doing a radio interview, one of the things being about a Canadian division and the league more realistically looking at uh, February 1st is starting. Um, and I know um, at the GM meetings they want to get their prospects going as out of Europe and back over here. Um, is there a way... Is, does the AHL really have to run in the same line of the NHL at their startup date? Or, or assuming we get a lot of hurdles taken care of, that they can either start a week or two sooner... Discussed, but uh, the American League doesn't have the 
Yeah, it doesn't. It was a little bit, it, 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 it's, I should say it's a little bit more, it's a lot more of a mom and pop operation in a lot of ways. It's a lot more of a middle class, working class fan base. It's not tons and tons of corporate uh, boxes like it is at the NHL level. It's, it's just more like everyday, everyday people. So um, those people have been hit really hard by this uh, pandemic. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the real blue-collar aspect of the AHL. I think you see a lot of teams take a lot of great pride in that. Um, Hershey, Wilkes-Barre, Lehigh, Rochester, Providence, Hartford. I could go on and on of these cities that have a lot of put-on-your-blue-jeans, grab-your-work-pail-and-go-to-work mentality. Um, um you mentioned about TV, and I said, the, I said the same thing. as I've told people this as well. You may have a few teams that have local TV deals, but that's the exception and not the rule. Yeah, um, most of those are trade-offs for, you know, real small money amounts. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not like NBC and the NHL, you know, $200 million. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, um, things like that. And it's, you know, we'll, we'll, pay, we'll pay the cost for production to televise the game. I, I know, like, in Hershey's case, they did a couple televised uh, games uh, this past season. You know, the local yeah, yeah, the local. local it's a secondary ABC twenty seven that that ran yeah. it here. And you know, basically, it's you know we'll cover the costs, of, you know, for production. I mean, those are not cheap games to produce. Um, you know, just you can find the, the the satellite time and, and, and things like that. So um, you know, you know it, most teams aren't doing that. Uh, to make money they're doing that just to get the word out about you know here's our club and you know, uh, you know well, we have to offer, come out and buy tickets well um I know there's the possibility, and I know there, there, there are people that aren't very hopeful that, that we are going to get a season this year and a lot of people think just, just reset things next o- October um, could there, if it, 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 let's just say the nuclear option happens and they can't find a way to get this season up and running. Is there a possibility that we could lose some AHL teams from this? That some of the really smaller uh, teams might take, that we might lose some teams out of this that, that don't draw very well? I mean, there's always a possibility. I mean, this, this league, uh, even in the best of times, pre-pandemic, there's always been some, some weaker clubs, teams that really do struggle with uh, putting fans in the building. Um, I would, I mean, there's always a possibility, yes. Uh, I would think, though, that's from what I've been able to understand. There's more of a risk where if you try to force the season and you try to play and you are playing with uh, a minimal amount of fans, uh, if any, mm-hmm. that's And in some ways, it's almost... And, and I'm sorry to jump in and interrupt you for a second. I, I've heard this from fans as well. Um, you, you were saying about money, and this reminded me of something. I'm sorry to, to interrupt. Um, could the AHL try to get some money by... Get that back by offering, let's say, like a very friendly AHL TV deal to people who, who want to follow but 
but won't go to a game for safety reasons. Um, is that some way to make it up, or does that go to the AHL directly and not the teams? Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of that, uh, you know, you're not talking about, you know, they run the AHL team. I think last season it was $79 for regular season. That's nice, but now you start, you know, stretch out over the course of a season, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Tickets that like one ticket to a game could be twenty five, thirty bucks in a lot of markets. So yeah. that's not going to stretch very far if you're going to get seventy nine for the whole season out of somebody. And then I do also tend to think AHL TV, from my experience, is more of the diehards. And make no mistake, there are a lot of diehard fans, but there's also a lot of casual fans that are right. just looking. Like in the case of a Hershey, they're looking for a place to go on a Saturday night. Uh, it's a nice yeah. place to go. Yeah, or 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 stop at the park beforehand. Yeah, you know, sort of want to sit there and watch, uh, you know, uh, uh, an entire season uh, on their computer screen, uh, you know, pay money for it. So that that's one of the tricky um, balancing acts right now. It's just you have your diehards, but you don't have enough diehards. I don't, I don't think. Okay. To, services yeah especially over the past six months you've had more of them popping up see a lot of family bundle deals with like these yeah. teams like I I'm sure you've been to many arenas you see that on flyers yeah. all the time Fa- buy four pack of tickets get four hot dogs four sodas in a program all for like 99 or 109 dollars yeah. for one night and, and the league has been really good with that they actually have a program where uh, teams share a lot of their ideas with each other uh, there's an annual marketing meeting and then Oh, what I wouldn't give to be on there. If you had an idea that really worked well, you then present it to all the other 
Exactly, because um, I know there are some AHL cities who also harvest, who have a minor league baseball as well, and you're not sure, like say Hartford has got the Wolfpack and the Yard Goats, um, May, um, Lehigh, them in Reading, Hershey to a certain extent, then in Harrisburg, are yep. they going to have seasons this year? So um, let, let, let's try to pivot to some a little bit uh, more, uh, more positive on the, uh, the NHL level. What was one of the uh, biggest surprise signings of free agency that really uh, surprised you? That you ju- you're like, oh, didn't see that coming. I think Taylor Hall going to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, <laughs> for me, I think for a lot of people, it's like nobody had Buffalo on the radar. Buffalo has been kind of chaotic uh, the last number of months, anyway. Uh, they fired one twenty, I think it was twenty-two people from their front office. I mean, Pretty much most of the Chris coaching Taylor staff. Is, Doesn't have to be the number one guy for a team that's trying to win a cup. 
Exactly, and um, um, if I could pull a line from an uh, NBA analyst on ESPN, Jalen uh, Rose, he had one of my favorite lines called, keep getting them checks. One of the best things you could be called in the NBA was a veteran, and a team will sign veteran experience guys for bare minimums, and that's where we get ring chasing. And on the surface, you could look at this and say it's a ring chasing, keep getting them checks deal. But, um, you know, good for him. I think, you know, I think the capital structure, I think he, it's a solid one-two tandem that they could run with next year, especially if we're look. well, we are probably looking at a 45 to 55 game season next year, a sprint. Basically what it was in 2014, the lockout, where it was 50 games, interconference, and away we go. That's what I'm thinking yeah. the same thing's going to be. And yeah, um, there is a season they will be somewhere along those lines, you know, where yeah, it's a compact, you know, 48-game-ish, somewhere that range season. And, and yeah, like you said, it's a sprint, and uh, you're going to need two bullies. And uh, do a lot worse than Henry Blundquist. I know he's not what he once was, but he's still, still Henry Blundquist. And I think uh, having that fresh start coming into Washington, and uh we'll uh, we'll get we'll get you out of here uh on this and i talked about this a little bit earlier on the podcast um your thoughts on mike emmerich uncle doc retiring on on monday that was a gut punch to me as someone who really enjoys what he does and you've had you were lucky enough to uh to interview him mm-hmm. Um, and I've met him in Hershey a couple of times. Um, you don't mind, like, you know, how, what was your thoughts on him retiring and what he meant to you? Um, I would describe my camera because what you saw on camera was exactly what he was. Uh, he was just a big hockey fan. Really. Mm-hmm. All-star games, yeah, outdoor so games. It's a gut punch. Uh, it's going to be strange not having around. 
just guys that synonymous with in hockey for you know, 30 plus years. years. Especially and if you knew him in his New Jersey days. Yeah, and he's one of those guys where uh, he never forgot where he came from. Uh, he's never, never big time the AHL. He come back to Hershey and do events and uh, uh, always seem to refer you know, something to the AHL. Maybe he would always make a reference, you know, or Mm -hmm. I saw this year in the playoffs, he had the jerseys behind him. Uh, Those were gorgeous. I'm I'm a huge jersey nerd, and that's just, oh, every time you put one up. And you knew Hershey was going to be on there. Yeah, yeah, he has a ton of affection for Hershey. I mean, like your listeners, he's done it really well. Uh, Which is ironic, because he never actually actually called games for Hershey. But uh, he actually lived in Hershey for a while, uh, back when he was calling games for Philly. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty much, and he also, there was a video out that I think Wilkes-Barre put out, how he emceed the 2001 All-Star Game up at First Union Center, the, the one in Wilkes-Barre, not the one in Philadelphia for the, for the listeners. Um, and that was really cool to see him call that. Um, he's done two uh, Hall of Fame announcements down in Hershey as well, those, and um, I'm sure um, when it's allowed Herco will gladly bring him back to to do another one but um for me as someone who got back into hockey at around 2009 that was the voice I heard and the voice that I will think of in hockey and I know there are other people who will have Gary Thorne and Bill Clement as well or just their local guy guys like Mike Lang Rick Jarrett um and others who do local radio but that's the voice that I will think of. And you're right, passion and enthusiasm is definitely what he had for the game. So, um, Patrick, thank you for coming on this show, talking to to this hack. And um, I am hope that, that both of us can get back to the beautiful, violent ice circus that we all know, all know and love. And as um, I told Bears fans, uh, keep the faith. And as Red, Red Green said up in Canada... Keep your stick on the ice. Thank you. Yep. My pleasure. Yep, thank you very much. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And that was Patrick Williams, AHL beat writer for NHL.com, joining me as we talk some hockey because, well, to be honest, neither me and him got much else to talk about right now. So, I'm going to be honest with a lot of folks, well, all of you that are listening, there isn't much out in the hockey world right now. Um, as me and Patrick sort of discussed off air, we just really seem to be in, in a holding pattern in the hockey world right now because nobody has really any idea what's going on. I mean, sure, the ECHL has a startup date, and the NBA announced they're going to do a 72-game season 
next year. And with the NHL, who says they want to get started by January 1st, um, with rumors of a training camp starting up mid-December around the holidays, uh, it's all just speculation and hargle-bargle right now. I mean, I wish... I mean, in all honesty, I wish I had more information for everyone. Me and Patrick both do. I mean, everybody around the hockey world does, but it's just... There's nothing right now. So all we got is World Series and and football. And so it's like all we got is ribs at the buffet right now. And I hope you like ribs and riblets because it's all that we've got right now. So um, I'm looking to debut a new segment on next week's show. Um, think about calling it either one of us or kind of a where are they now where we're going to take a deep dive into a former m- member of the Brotherhood or the Bearhood? No, that didn't sound right. Anyway, you know what I mean. Someone who's come through the Bears and moved on, and we'll see where they've gone. I reached out. I put out the bat signal to the Hershey Bears fan club page. Give them, give us a like and join us on Facebook. And boy, oh boy, the names that have come on have been actually been pretty good. I've heard David Leggio, Alexander Giroux, Sean Collins, Tom Tukey, um, Freddie Cassivi, Michael Neuver, Keith Coyne. My goodness, the names. So um, I, I don't know who I'm going to go with yet. I may put up a poll later in the week to see who all of you want to see me do a deep dive into. There may also come a time, everyone, where the show might go bi-weekly. Not bye-bye, but just like... Um, I might take a week off just because, like I've said, like Patrick said, we don't have everything. Everything's holding until after the big game on November 3rd, and who knows after that. So it's just a lot of uncertainty right now, everyone, and we just got to get through this together. So, But there was one thing that was thrown out into the hockey world this week as we'll enter a little bit of potluck. We start Dateline Ice Athletics. That's right, everyone. I'm getting into hockey jerseys. But this was a thing. A jersey design was leaked on eBay, which a new trend is going to pop up for the NHL next season whenever we play, that the NHL is going to look into reverse retros. Well, they they will take retro design jerseys and invert the colors on them. The style that was thrown out there was a 90 pitch. Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys. Oh, cool. I love the 90s style Penguins jerseys. We're going to get the Robo Penguin back with the gold chest stripe and the black jersey. All right. I can't wait to see this thing. No, no, I'm sorry. That's not what they're going with. Pittsburgh decided to go with a the black Pittsburgh in diagonal word mark. And instead of it being black with gold lettering, it will be white with black lettering, black numbering, and a gold trim. Aye. Now, I love me some diagonal wordmark. Hershey's used diagonal wordmark before, and it's been fantastic. But Hershey, like the New York Rangers, Hershey is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven letters, which I think Rangers are too. That's, that's fine. Eight letters? Hmm, you can get away with. But 
Pittsburgh is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 letters. That's a bit much. That's a lot. I mean, it's it's like when we see on baseball, uh, in Major League Baseball, you see San Francisco in curved word mark. It's like, it's too much. It's 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 too big of a word to put on. And so, you know, it, hey, it could be worse. It could be Canes for the Hurricanes. Ugh. But not to be one-upped, the little brother of Pennsylvania, the Flyers, said, hey, we're going to put ours out too. They took a popular 90s design, which was the Black Flyers logo, which back in the day was predominantly white with uh, orange shoulder yoke and black trim. So they decided to invert this with it being predominantly orange with a black shoulder yoke and black striping down the arms and black numbering and black numbers. Uh, I'm already not going to like these. So then that started to flare up around the hockey world. Hey, what retros do we have in our collection? And it started teams and the the guys on the Hockey Podcast Network like, hey, let's take a retro jersey and make a retro concept out of it. Except here's the thing. There were teams like the Detroit Red Wings and Montreal Canadiens where their respective podcasts were like, which retro design do you want to see these teams use? And I wanted to raise my hand and go, uh, teacher. You haven't changed your design in 75 years. So what do you mean retro reverse? You guys have worn the same thing since the 1940s. Mostly. Bruins. Blackhawks. The majority of the original six teams have barely changed their jerseys in in decades. I mean, it's not like the... The San Jose Sharks, which there was a concept thrown out that they were going to go all the way back to the California Golden Seals that had teal, gold, white. And if that sounds horrible, it was. Ha ha, 60s. But yeah, everybody's throwing out these ideas. I mean, it, heck, even Dallas is even pimping a, a new jersey design and it looks like it's going to be predominant. Lee Black. Dallas, you don't need to change your jerseys. You look fantastic. There's no need to do this. So it will be interesting to see what teams are going to roll out. These will be fourth jerseys next year because every the third jersey initiative has been brought back after a year off because of the um, Adidas rollout. Same thing happened with Reebok. So for some odd reason, we need fourths. Okay. And this led to Vegas doing a retro design. They're going to have all Vegas reds. No. You know the Vegas stars you see on the Welcome to Las Vegas sign? And those uh, red Vegas stars, the cheesy, campy 1970 sign is the first thing you see when you enter Las Vegas? Yeah, those red stars um, become the main jersey color. That with granite, gold, and black trim on the arms, and white numbering. I already hate these, if these are going to be a thing. 
I hate them already, and I love Red. But that's another show. We'll do a ranking when they're made official, and they come out. Why? Because I'm a hack, and I love doing stuff like this. In Otter news in the NHL, the All-Star Game and Winter Classic were postponed. Now, there were people for this season. Basically, they were kicked down the line to... um, They were postponed, but most likely they'll be pushed back to the 2020-2021 season, which in talking with Patrick is probably going to be back to normalcy, hopefully by then. But people were like, oh, this is sad. This isn't good for the NHL. We really wanted an all-star game. This is not a good sign for the 2021 season. This is an omen not to have an NHL season. What the hell did you think were going to happen, people? And and I, I mean this with the best of intentions. What did you think was going to happen? This wasn't going to be a normal season. Even if Gary Bettman was going to try and somehow use Magic Juju to make 82 games, there was no way you were going to have a Winter Classic. Not with all these these massive restrictions. Now, somebody on on um, on Puck Pros on Fansided threw out the idea of maybe the NHL utilizing outdoor stadiums to get fans uh, to get more fans into these games if um, indoor restrictions aren't a bit more laxed heading into the winter, and <laughs> that's going to be a tall order, but. I mean, how the how the heck were we going to have a Winter Classic in Minnesota this year with with everything going on? How the heck were we going to have an All-Star game in Florida? Now, I'm not going to bash Florida. I like what they're doing. But Florida seems to be the proverbial picked-on red-headed stepson of the United States ever since June. So, of course, Florida wasn't going to wasn't going to get it. I mean, I'm lucky they're going to hold a WrestleMania. But what made you think there was going to be a normal Winter Classic or normal All-Star game this year? Answer, there wasn't. This is no surprise, everyone. So let's just pump the brakes on pouring one out for the Winter Classic and the All-Star game. We'll still get the Blues in the wild at Target Field. Hopefully New Year's Day 2022. Sunrise, Florida will get their all-star game probably in 2022, so let's just kick the can down the line. There's no shame in it. So I think that'll do it for me. A nice, healthy run this week, about an hour-ish. Thank you to everyone for subscribing and listening. Thank you very much. I am honored. We passed 100 listens on through the Pinecast Analytics. I thank you. I know the audio with Zoom isn't the best. I apologize. I'm still trying to figure out ways to make Zoom work. So any tips or suggestions from anyone, I am open to all ideas. All right. So as the great Red Green once said, well, actually, I kind of got ahead of myself. I forgot my usual stuff. Everyone, like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out the Around the A podcast that Patrick Williams hosts as well. Keep hanging in there. And as Red Green has said, remember, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. And when I say that, I'm not saying that as a corporate saying or a trendy saying in these troubled times, TM. 
Red Green would say that on his show before it became a thing. And when he said it, he was telling the truth. So like I'm saying, remember, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Take us home, Doc. When you are playing in the driveway, street hockey in the summertime, it's always Game 7, Stanley Cup Final, everything on the line. Can't imagine what the feeling is like. Can you? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.